is magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and inner child healing teacher. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome, everyone. Young and old, small <laughs> and large. I don't know why I felt like saying that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and non-binary people. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> um, so, how's it going? What a week, you know? What a week. Yeah, lots of stuff. I mean, this is like the third, fourth week in a row where it's just like, whoa, yeah. let me look back on all the moments. Yeah. Like so many things. Yeah. Not bad things necessarily. Mm, just a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, me, bad. Yeah. It's like, been challenging things, but also so much growth. Right. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I just felt like saying, again, I feel like I said this before, but I'm really cluing into this real concept around that all feelings are really neutral and mm-hmm. it's how we welcome them or don't welcome them and we have like pre um we have judgments about them mm-hmm. and so that's why we experience them the way we do yeah it's the space around them that's the spiritual path that's what i've learned have been learning and really thinking a lot about lately too is it's not so much about having positive emotions all the time it's Mm -hmm. more having the space around them to allow them to arise to not like attach to them or feel like oh i'm gonna now i'm gonna feel like this forever (laughs) you know but also just like truly experimenting with this idea of like Oh, maybe all feelings in some ways, they feel, (laughs) it's going to sound so like a high thought, but they feel the same or just like they maybe have different um, like vibrations, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel bad or good. It's like, or it can kind of feel nice to feel feelings go through your body. It can, but it's not like pain that feeling because the pain is the contraction around it well I mean I feel like there is pain and grief though even when you're allowing it like but it's a different kind of pain like I feel like there's the pain of um that feels bad when you're trying not to feel something or when you're just out of like something isn't okay with you you're just out of alignment with yourself that feels like bad pain but I feel like grief or like when I am thinking about taking my cat to get his teeth removed which was like I just felt so sad for him and I felt so like oh he thinks we're torturing him yeah I think that was contraction though because you were worried you were wanting to control his experience a little bit okay there was that for sure but then like there were moments (laughs) when I was like let me just breathe into this feeling of sadness and it still did hurt in my heart but it was a different it was like, oh, I can be with this. I can be with this pain, even though it does feel like a lot of pain emotionally yeah. to think of solo. He had to be gone all day. Like he was with people he didn't know. I mean, yeah. it was very traumatizing for him. And I was like, oh, it, it feels painful to know that, but I can be with it. But when it's like, oh, I don't want to have to think about it or I don't want I don't want to feel like that. Let me try to push it away. That's a, I don't like that's like yeah. not 
doesn't feel okay. Well, what I'm trying to say is I may be coming to a different conclusion because mm. I used to feel, and maybe I will, like, for God forbid, if something happened to Brett, but I think if something happened to Brett, there would be so much more contraction and stuff happening with it. But f- the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, I've talked about this many times, I've dreaded Greg's death from the right. basically the moment I met him. <laughs> And I experienced a lot of grief, pain, and allowing with Dr. Schwartz when she died, and that's how I experienced it. But this time with Greg, I had been working a lot before on that experience more. I had more experience of allowing all the feelings before Dr. Schwartz died. And I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm feeling like when I really am like, okay, let me, I'm here's grief coming up, sadness. This is just a feeling, not to talk myself out of it, but just like what, how about if I approach this like it's just a feeling I am feeling, it's different. It doesn't feel like that pain that I, that you're talking about that I know about. And now, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, and I, it's confusing to me too, because I'm like, really? This doesn't seem right, especially, and I feel worried about saying it because like people who are in like lost, lost their people to COVID or whatever. I'm not saying like you could, if you don't feel this, it's wrong or like you're not really, you don't have to feel pain. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But it's just something kind of interesting that keeps reminding me of that experience I had when I was on mushrooms Mm -hmm. and who knows what's happening with mushrooms but you know people do use it now to help heal depression oh yeah totally and yeah and um, addiction yes it's it's very useful so that experience I had where people were coming up to me and they're like are you okay and I literally had no idea I was bawling Mm-hmm. because I just experienced it as waves of feeling mm-hmm. and I was like what why are they even looking at me like this I don't understand um and when I was laughing I knew I was laughing and it felt fine but it didn't feel like it just was like and it felt good it just was like feelings 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 so it's just really something I Again, I'm thinking because every time I remind myself too, like that there's no separation actually, that separation is truly an illusion. I also feel Greg's presence more. Yeah. It's like my my awareness of their separation. He is dead brings that feeling of pain, and then I'm like, okay, let me open. What? Let me go towards that. Like it's not something I'm afraid of. It just kind of moves and dissipates and then I also feel him here like yeah like well there it really sounds like too separation. that like that fear may have really been weighing on you and then once that mm-hmm. actually happened yeah well then it was like oh there's all this freedom here now because like I have to I mean because of the way you dealt with it you transcended that fear and you were like can I just be with this now that this deep fear has happened yeah you know well, yeah, of course, when some fear of something happens, then it's like, okay, now I can just deal with it. Mm-hmm. But it's something else. It's really this thing of like, I just had this thing of like, well, what, how do I feel when love, when I feel love for something? I I allow it in. It just is like, ooh, you know, yeah. it just comes in. Well, how do I feel when pain, when I, I'm worried, when pain is coming, it's like, uh, 
it feels like, oh, I have a lot of thoughts about like how stories. pain feels. Yeah. Stories about uh-huh. what pain feels like. And what if I let go of those stories of what pain feels like? Does pain feel the same way? Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I can so see hot. that. I mean, because like crying and laughing physically yes. it's feel the same. the same. Yes. Yeah. They physically feel the same. So I am think open to this idea because I'm experiencing it that maybe it's the story that makes it feel a certain way that we feel is bad I don't mm-hmm. know it's yeah just something to think about that's so interesting yeah also I do just want to say that um when you said that thing about solo that's traumatizing for him I think he's more pissed off and like what the fuck is happening yeah yeah then he is traumatized but you, he, is, which he will I not be do. contained. He is like he, he does not like it. He no. hates it. <laughs> but like, if it were me, as you, like when I see, I can't. I have so many. Like I'm like, he's trying. Like Ugh. I can't even go with the cats to the vet because I get upset about how I'm imagining they're feeling, even though they're having a very different experience than how I feel in my heart. I'm mm-hmm. just telling you that so that maybe you don't feel bad, like that he was traumatized. He just doesn't ever want to go. Anywhere. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really. Like, no. It's like, <laughs> I am a, a wild creature. Yes. What the hell are you putting me in this container? This does not make sense. Yeah, he's like, like, I feel like it's like, hell no. Like, that yes. is, like, that's his inner monologue. Is all yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're really yeah. tuning into him there. Yeah, I am. That's why I said I, he's not traumatized. He Maybe doesn't, it's funny because he doesn't seem traumatized. No. Like, you just went through that whole thing. He's just like licking <laughs> no. himself, like in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, he's just like, what the fuck? I like, because he's there in the moment. <laughs> Who are these, what are these things trying to fucking contain me? Get yeah. the fuck away. And now he's like, okay, I'm back home where I belong <laughs> yeah, in my domain. Yeah. <laughs> all right well also i just want to say about this week is it was like this non-mercury retrograde retrograde yeah for for real what is up with that and you're not the only one who has said that i've noticed it and someone else mentioned something like that to me so many things have happened not just to me but to people like i don't yeah i mean like so many things have happened where it's like how is this not Mercury retrograde? Right. This is there's something going on. I was just looking because there's something going on. Actually, I wrote the, I sent out the Magic Monday monthly missive yesterday, and I asked people, and and actually, Britain also told me this too. I think I was just going to try to look real quick. Um, oh, Jessica Lanyadu, do you know that astrologer? Uh, I she, think I've looked at something you showed me of hers at some point. Oh, yeah, it brings about the name. Um, she said that the Mercury opposition to Neptune would have Merc retrograde like effects. Oh, yeah. Channy Nicholas said that too, but it was just supposed to be on the 24th. So hmm. I don't know because I have been really feeling it. And then we're going to have it for real in a month, which means the shadows probably in two weeks. Hmm. I don't know. So we just, it is that feeling I kept tuning into where it's like, you know, that kind of stop-start energy, that not-quite-in-the-flow energy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely had some Mercury retrograde stuff, too, this week. Well, you also had your book launch? Was it a mm-hmm. book launch? Yeah, book launch event last Is night. Is it out? No, not yet. Almost. Oh, okay. It's almost out. Okay. 
And do you want to discuss your birthday at all? How you felt about oh, this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my birthday, I did. I decided to do internal family systems work that morning because, well, it was actually the day before because Ted and I were celebrating it on Sunday. And, um, and I started to feel the feeling and it was not good. And I was yeah. like, this is a weird feeling. Like, what is it? It was like. When people would wish me happy birthday or when Ted would say, hey, what do you want to do? Like, let's do something fun. Like, then it was this feeling. It's that same yeah. old feeling that was just like, like, there's nothing for me to f- wait. F- there's no way to fix this. And I don't know what oh, it is. So yeah. I was like, this is perfect. Like, yeah. let's do internal family systems and see what's up. And so I did yeah. it. And it was so interesting. It was like I tuned into all these inner parts of me that wanted to be invisible. They were all my inner children, like after my parents divorced, which was when I was four. And they mm-hmm. were my inner children, like from five to 13 ish. And mm-hmm. they were really felt guilty and weird about birthdays because it's funny because I you would think it was that I was sad that I was getting older or something but it wasn't that at all <laughs> it was that yeah I felt like guilty and unco- it was like I wanted to be invisible because I felt it, it just triggered that feeling of being a kid and feeling like my parents didn't really love my birthday that much like they both kind of felt like oh like I could sense it they didn't act like this necessarily but I could sense that they were like okay it's her birthday what are we gonna do and like and maybe felt kind of guilty for being divorced too like that my they could kind of sense maybe that I would rather have both my parents there and maybe I felt guilty for my feelings about wishing my parents were still married like there was just a lot of kind of like baggage in there yes so then I cried and I cried and I cried and then I talked to Ted about it while I was crying and telling him (laughs) how I felt and then I was fine then we went and had a drink and we went to the stream down in Boulder and it was very fun that's fun that's great that's why I said in my card to you happy escape the womb day because I thought that was maybe more less triggering than happy birthday. Oh, yeah. It's funny because now I didn't, I don't have to feel that way. It was like, like I even, when I used to have a personal Facebook, I would turn off my comments. Like I just yeah, was me like, too. please, people, no, no more yeah. birthday wishes. And they yeah. would still find ways to do it. And I would like, <laughs> people would still text me or message me or email me. And I was just like thinking I don't think you would be doing this if you knew how I felt about uh, <laughs> receiving yeah. these well, birthday wishes I really yes. hate it <laughs> oh, but that's why I'm like am I, I being selfish when I get you something on your birthday no it's like I understand it's not like I'm actually mad or anything uh, I, I totally yeah. get why people are doing it but I just didn't I couldn't receive it but then this year yeah. It, I just released a lot of baggage. It was like now that my inner children, I got to like talk to them and understand yeah. how they were feeling. Then now it's just like not that serious anymore. Okay, good. I'd love it. And this is does feel selfish on my end. If you could get to a point where you enjoy it. Where I'm like, yay, Maybe. it's my birthday. Yeah, really? that would be fun. Well, yeah, we'll that's how I feel. I love my birthday. I love it. <laughs> Did you have good, like, birthdays I when think, you were little? I think maybe, see, it all comes down to that programming or Isn't reprogramming it. Yes. I mean, the because the only times I felt, I mean, maybe without, there's maybe a couple exceptions, that I felt acknowledged in my family was 
birthdays and Christmas. My mm. mom weirdly was a very good gift giver. Mm, it's mm-hmm. kind of like go, it's I almost feel like it's more <laughs> like I'm not even going to give that to her because no, I will. I'm just kidding. But it feels almost like gaslighting in a way because it's like so much of there was so much cutting down of me. But mm-hmm. then on the birthday, it was like, here's things that are that she it proved she did see me yeah. in some ways. Um, But yeah, so birthday, I think that's why I almost, it's funny, the word greedy comes up. I just felt like saying, like, I get greedy about it. Like, I really want to just, it's like, that's the day I'm allowed to love myself. Mm. (laughs) So I'm realizing that now as I say that out loud, because I do love myself other days now, all the days. But at the time, it was like, oh, this is the day where it's okay to be like, hey, here I am. It's my birthday. I'm allowed to take this in. It's societally acceptable. And my mom agreed to it, too. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I I think this year it was more like, oh, here's a birthday wish. I don't mind that. It wasn't, oh, it wasn't like, yeah. yay, thank you. That's so nice. I was like, this yeah. is fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's good. That's big progress. Right. Exactly. I just, I just really want you to go all the way there. Because <laughs> I'm always like, like, this is the last thing I'll say about it. But like I was. You know, I got you these two presents early in the year just because I saw them and I thought of you. And then I was like, God, if I send her these on her birthday, is she going to, is this going to make her feel bad? Like, is this selfish no. of me I mean, to I send I don't it? mind presents. I'm pretty good with okay. them. But on your birthday, like you don't like your birthday. So in a way, it's like me being like not listening to that. No. Well, just instead. You're, All right. You're going you to feel bad. that. Yeah. I am. You just said yeah. you don't want people to wish you happy birthday. Well, I don't know why, but like, I don't, I somehow don't connect that to getting a present in the mail. Oh, okay. I'm it's not funny like, you said you're going too this far. This damn present. That. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, a present. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. It's different than a text. Happy birthday. <laughs> For some reason, yeah. I don't know. I okay. can't explain it. Okay. That's fine. You don't have to. All right. Let's move on. Right? We didn't even tell what cards we're picking, but... That's okay. We can skip yeah. that this week. Okay, great. So, um, I just want to make sure my phone is on silent. Um, so, do you have anything you would like to talk about? Yeah, you'd want to mention my new book, The Self-Love Superpower, The Magical Art of Approving of Yourself No Matter What. It's like so yeah. soon. I really am excited. I think you're going to like it. When does it come out? I mean, it says on Amazon September 8th, but I think Ooh. that they're going to be shipping the paper copies soon. Um, but I Ooh. guess that's probably when the Kindle copies will show up on people's okay. Kindles. But I also want to mention, I don't know if I even told you this, but I'm getting ready to um, release an audio version of Little no. Guide to Money Mer- Magic. How yeah. are you doing that? It's really fun. I found a voice artist and she's recording it and then we're going to yeah. publish it soon. I mean, it'll be ready pretty soon. Um, but then after that, I think I'm going to do my other little books too. Little Guide to, to Love Magic and Little Guide to Protection Magic as yeah. audiobooks. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I love it. So what people can, wherever you get your books, you know, order that pre-order that book yep self-love superpower yep um, and what about you and, well I got my inner child healing class just started which is fun and it's been really great um but 
I was going to say you could, um, I have a mini class that's only $11. It's called 11 for 11 and you get little short um, spiritual tools that help your life. So you could sign up for that on my website, highestlighthealing.com. You could also get goddess provisions if you would like to. Why not? Yeah. It supports the podcast and I love it. Every time I get one in the mail, I'm unlike you with presents. I'm like, this is the most exciting day of my life every time (laughs) I get one. (laughs) And there's so many things I love in it. So if you would like to support the show and treat yourself, you can go to our website and there's a banner on the side, magicmondaypodcast.com or our Instagram and there's a way to do that. Um, And go ahead. And we would love for you to write us a review if you haven't done that yet on uh, Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio or wherever oh, you listen to podcasts. That's yeah, we're on iHeartRadio now. Yeah. Can you leave a review on there? I mean, I assume, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you okay, can. Okay, we'll have to check that out. But you out. could try. <laughs> yeah, we would love it since we're new on there especially. Yeah. And it um, thanks to everyone who's already written us a review. Yes. We love reading them. And if you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, Natasha sends one out uh, with a wrap-up once a month, and I send one out every Monday when there's a new podcast. And I put pictures of the cards we draw and links to our guests and all that stuff like that stuff like that and if you could and if you want to call us to ask us a question we're going to have some podcasts where we have no guests coming up very soon so we're going to answer our questions then and the next three i think oh okay probably so if you do have a question wow three yeah Um, but if you have a question and you'd like to ask it you can call us at 828-333-7181, 828-333-7181, 828-333-7181, And you could, or, and or, you could, yeah. or maybe just or, you could uh, yeah. send us a question from mm-hmm. the contact form on our website or email us at magicmondaypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and you can subscribe on our website too, to the newsletter, right? It's on there? Yes. Um, okay, so... So today we we have Byron Ballard on the show. H. Byron Ballard is a teacher, folklorist, and writer. She serves as a senior priestess and co-founder of Mother Grove Goddess Temple and the Coalition of Earth Religions, both in Asheville, North Carolina. She podcasts about Appalachian folkways on Weird Mountain Gals. She has two books out this year, Roots, Branches, and Spirits, The Folkways and Witchery of Appalachia, and Seasons of a Magical Life, A Pagan Path of Living. Here's the interview. Byron, we're so happy to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. So um, could you start out by telling us about your spiritual path and your spiritual practice and how you came to it? Oh, that is such a good question and a deep question. So I'm going to try not to go down too many rabbit holes (laughs) as we go. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I come from an unchurched family. 
on one side they were Methodist, on the other they were Baptist, but I was raised neither. So I am blessedly unbaptized and un, uh, unaffiliated, I guess I could say, un, uh, undocumented in either of those faiths. Um, so I grew up wild in an urban area, spent where a was lot it? of time, most of my time outside. Pardon what, me? Where, where was the, where, what city was it? Uh, oh, in, in an, I'm sorry, in a rural area. Not oh, area. okay. Okay. Yeah, no, um, in West Bagod, Buncombe County. That's where I grew oh. up. Yeah. Oh, okay. My family has been in this county for six generations in Buncombe wow. County. And before that, they were in Haywood County, Madison County, and, and Henderson County. Oh, so I'm wow. I'm a, a multi-generational Appalachian person. Mm, there's not many of you here, because I'm also in the Asheville area. Yeah, no, because uh, everybody wants to live here now, starting with George Vanderbilt in the 1890s. Um, <laughs> we have had an influx. Well, I mean, it really started with the coming of the railroad, which was about the same time. But that is the history of the area, and that's not what you asked me, so I'm going to try to stay on task. <laughs> Um, so I grew up basically as a, what I used to think of as a garden variety pagan, but I now refer to as an animus, uh, because I believe that everything is ensouled, everything, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. computer, the glass, as well as the water and the houseplants here. So because of that, and I suspect that children in general begin life as animus, yeah. mm -hmm. so that they're, they're toys of course naturally are real but mm -hmm. also the tree talks to them and and the dog of course has a soul how could anyone deny that mm -hmm. so so I, I grew up that way but I also have my practice which is not which is a magical practice and not necessarily a spiritual practice so I was doing the magical practice from a very young age and then in 1975 before either of you were born probably no um, I was born I, I, was <laughs> no, I wasn't um, quite yet. <laughs> I was uh, part of a women's encounter group at UNC Asheville, where I did my undergraduate work. And we self-dedicated and I became Wiccan at that point. Oh, cool. Now I've come full circle and I really am. Yes, I have Wiccan training. I can step into a Wiccan circle and, and lead that. But I really am an animist and there are layers of beings i don't know how's that phrase there are layers of beings with whom i interact not all of them human not are all of them corporeal mm -hmm. um and so it has both broadened and deepened my practice to just assume that everything around me is uh, sentient in some way in fact i used to tease my vegetarian friends who would say oh no how could you eat anything with a face and I would say, look, I've raised chickens and I've raised broccoli. And I'm here to tell you broccoli is as sentient as mm. chickens. It's just not as mobile. Mm. And it doesn't have a face. Mm -hmm. But it is as soul-bearing and mm. as wise as chickens. Mm. Um, yeah. And then you ask about the spiritual piece. And specifically, I'm a goddess woman. I... I I have only, and it's not a political decision, I've only ever seen divinity 
or as I refer to them, the divines, as female. I've only ever seen that. Hmm. So I am one of the founders of Mother Grove Goddess Temple here in Asheville. We are downtown, catty corner across Charlotte Street from the First Baptist Church. Hmm. <laughs> neat. Okay, so I wanted to read this quote. I love this quote in your the beginning of your book. If we are to step forward with more courage and less fear, if we are to feel empowered and also know the uses of that power, we must sit in this uncomfortable, feral and dangerous darkness. We must come into relationship with the shadow and welcome the wisdom that resides in permeates and rules this endarkenment. I love this because we here at Magic Monday Podcast love <laughs> love shadow work. We love yeah. uh, sitting with fear, sitting with our feelings. And also I love this for fall for as we're going into September, October, the best time of the year, like that <laughs> feeling of going into, you know, just really sitting with that. I feel like that's part of the strength of the magical spiritual path too, is that we want to experience all of it when we want to be brave and we want to look and find the power in the places where we're feeling afraid or insecure. Mm -hmm. So maybe talk to us a little bit about that, about your, your practice with sitting with the shadow. the shadow yeah people ask me sometimes so or describe me sometimes as new age and I go mm, no I'm, I'm really more like old age I'm mm -hmm. I'm walking this very kind of ancient or path of uh, being an animist but in addition to that I'm not a light seeker I think mm. we get inundated, inundated with light seekers and mm. it's all about the light. And if only I can reach up and out and away from this miasma, then I'm going to be able to reach mm -hmm. some kind of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. What that often translates at, as in modern culture, is this sense that if we don't strive for that thing, whatever that is, and we don't suck up or press down everything else, then we're not, we're not doing the right thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, in that, oh, but what if we, but what if we look at the shadow and, and now shadow work has become terribly popular, sort of in, in modern culture. But if you don't do one, you can't do the other. Yeah. And we, we are given on a platter so much about enlightenment, that is frankly just bollocks this is so the, this the is so interesting types. that i just have to cut in here i'm sorry because <laughs> this must be like in the ether right now because before yeah. the podcast i recorded a video i'm about to publish about how we should just throw out that word enlightenment completely like oh, i just that's don't so think funny. you know isn't that coincidental because it yeah. came up last night in my book launch event that someone said uh, I, I judge myself because I'm not enlightened. And it's mm. like, yeah, I think that's kind of right. what we all do. Like, that's kind of right. how we think of that whole term is like, oh, maybe someday I can be enlightened. It's like, yeah. no, nope, I don't think so. Not if you're a human being. Like, I don't think yeah. you're going to ever get to a pinnacle of always happy. Yeah. Or not never if you're mad. interacting, not if you're interacting with other people on this planet. Like maybe if you're a monk on a mountain and don't have relationships, but it's very hard to. But that, is that yeah. even enlightenment? I think you still, it just, I just think the whole concept is not helpful. 
I, I think we we need to rebrand and reframe what enlightenment is. Mm. I think it's an idea that came to us from Eastern philosophy. Mm-hmm. And like many ideas in Eastern philosophy, when they get into the West, they are nonsensical to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I teach classes on and practice BAME work, which mm. which is controversial for a lot of people. But I practice it as an extreme healing modality. And inevitably in this class, someone will say, well, what about karma? And I I explained that in the West, we don't understand what karma is for the most part. Maybe 1% of the population of people who spout things like, well, I'm not going to do anything about that because I'm just going to let karma do its work. Well, that's not what karma does. Karma is not tit for tat. Mm. Karma is the thing that ties you to the wheel of your dharma. And more than that, I can't explain very well, but I understand that better than the idea of, well, I'm just the car, I'm just going to be a ju- the agent of karma today and do whatever. That is not what karma is. <laughs> and enlightenment is the same way. So well, we yeah, I mean, I did say it like some people might not mean that when they say that, like if maybe Buddhist teachers don't mean that, but I think that most of us, that's kind of how we think of it as like exactly. this so I mountaintop came, we need to get to, you know. Right. I think it came into the West as this sort of holier than everybody else attitude. Mm-hmm. And I can't be emotional at all. Right. And everything, everything is about my compassion about the world. All of that is beautiful. But I also tell people, we live real lives, just like you were saying, Tess, we live real lives. And yes, even if you are a monk on a mountaintop, you're going to be interacting with other monks. You're going to be interacting with the natural world. So there are all sorts of opportunities for us to redefine what enlightenment is. And I think the way we do that is we explore enlightenment. Oh, and that's that term that you use. Oh, now I get it. Yeah, and darkenment is like the other half of that. We we really get into the the wholeness of endarkenment, that it's not just meeting your shadow self, it's meeting it's meeting the system that is life. It's meeting it's meeting birth, life, death, rebirth all those systems that go into place to make our human experience. And some of those are in darkening and some of those are enlightening, Mm -hmm. but that if you don't do both of those things, you don't get, you don't get to a wholeness. Mm -hmm. And that's like the wheel of the year. That's a a whole, just being open to all of it, which has actually been a theme of this episode. (laughs) Good. You're yeah, good. before yeah. you were here. I, you, <laughs> when you listen, you'll hear. Um, <laughs> okay, so now I want to ask you about what do I want to ask you about next? How about permaculture? So I like that you bring that into your book. So the the book that I'm talking about, everyone, is um, the the sorry seasons of a magical life seasons of a magical life exactly (laughs) and um yeah I like how you brought that in I wonder if you could talk about how that fits into your practice and your worldview well permaculture is not just about gardening and farming permaculture is about adapting systems in the natural world to the human experience so if if we understand that having a perfectly manicured lawn 
is neither natural nor healthy for us, and on top of everything else is expensive and a pain in the behind, then we start to look at how natural systems operate. And the folks who developed what we think of now as permaculture, they were looking at older models. They were all looking at older, specifically Japanese models, some indigenous American models, but they were looking at the way humans had adapted natural processes and systems for human use. And that meant we didn't leave wild nature wild, but we learned from wild nature how it is those systems replicate themselves and how in doing so, we gain not only wisdom about those systems, but we, we learn how it is when we adapt those systems to us that we become more like wild systems, which mm -hmm. is what we originally were. Mm -hmm. And we have just gotten so far away from that it's sometimes mm -hmm. difficult for us to understand, oh, 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 I get permaculture. It's what, you know, gardeners and farmers do. Well, it's what we all can do. Mm -hmm. Permaculture, permaculture. Like, for is, example, uh, in nature, in permaculture, in um, your garden, then plants benefit from diversity. And yes. in human culture, humans benefit from diversity. Mm, we absolutely. have different strengths. We have different perspectives. We can contribute different things to the, to the whole. And it makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. just, just like a, a natural forest is stronger than a plantation forest. Yeah. Because of the diversity. Because if you lose one crop, if you lose one species, other species come in to do what needs to be done. An example of that that I found so touching is when we had the, the terrible explosion in the Gulf, in the Gulf of Mexico, and dolphins, uh, life was dying by the millions. What we also found, what scientists found, was that on the East Coast, dolphins specifically were in a breeding frenzy. Wow. And it's because on some level, they knew they were going to have to come back in mm. under Florida and they were going to have to repopulate this when it was safe to do wow. that. That's they, so were, beautiful. they were out in the ocean doing it like bunnies. Yeah. Wow. And, and scientists were going, why is that? Why is that? This is, mm. this is certainly natural that dolphins would breed, but why in this kind of frenzied state? And then they expanded the vision on that to go, well, there is an area that is being depopulated and that's what nature does. So if, cause what is the thing? Nature abhors a vacuum. Mm -hmm. If it is, it, if there is a huge fire, if there's a flood within a year, new species have arrived to repopulate that area. And that is not to encourage humans to do more repopulating. I think we're, you know, we're pretty good on population right now. We can <laughs> yes. slow that down. But, but it shows us, of course, the diversity, that diversity is important so that if you lose one whole level of species, others will come in. It changes the ecosystem, but, uh, but the ecosystem continues. And the problem now, of course, is that we're losing, we're having a mass extinction event and we are losing whole species willy nilly, yeah. maybe faster than other species can come in and fill that void. Mm -hmm. I feel that that could also apply to our own lives. Sometimes if we don't eat, we're feeling an intuition or an instinct to do something 
and as humans, we overanalyze things like the dolphins aren't overthinking. Why are, why are we all popular <laughs> wanting to breed they're right now? They're following their intuition. Yeah, they're following their intuition and their list. They're feeling the earth. They're feeling, you know, their, their true nature and going with that. And I feel like as humans, we can really learn from that. Alone. Mm -hmm. If we can strip away the layers of programming that the culture has put on us. Yeah, the culture, our family programming, there's lots. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But so you talk about this in your book. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm the one who in social media is always saying, and yet climate change, not a thing. Really? Yeah. Are you really not feeling what's going on? Because I'm, I'm a Pisces double Scorpio. Oh, we were going to ask you. We, that was going to be a question. So your Pisces feel, Scorpio rising and Scorpio moon? Uh-huh. Oh, I feel wow. everything from everybody. And, oh. um, and I do teach a class on endarkenment and protection magic. Well, that and makes go, a lot of sense now. With uh -huh. that double Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I tell the story that when I was a kid, all I knew about astrology was my sun sign. Pisces is mystic, intuitive, creative, artistic, right. dreamy, all that stuff. And all this stuff was really true. But if somebody hurt my feelings, mm. here's my big sloppy, romantic Pisces heart that's just hanging out. And yeah. if somebody came and stomped on it, it was like, velociraptors oh, yeah, yeah like so, you don't want to be that person exactly. no. <laughs> somebody hurt us yeah. now now they must be punished and, and now they must until... be stung and murdered <laughs> yeah. and, and it wasn't until i realized that all that scorpio stuff that i i think of them as my personal astrological velociraptors yeah. yeah definitely yeah i love that i really admire listeners of the podcast now i i admire the scorpio energy i respect <laughs> it I, I feel drawn in by it i just i really like it um okay so now i want to ask you about maven because it's almost september and maven is our next holiday and you write about the holidays so beautifully and i'm Thank wondering you. Um, what, well, maybe I'll read this first. So you call Mabin wander days and you say in your book, wander days is set at the autumnal equinox. This ember tide is the place to unleash our imaginations and go again to our ancestors for wisdom and help. This is the time to climb to the top of a mountain, whether literally or figuratively and see what the wide world has to offer your soul. At the farm, we are harvesting and laying the harvest for the winter months. Decide what you will rest with in the time of renewal. Contemplate the advantages of the dark and endarkenment. I guess I really like to read quotes where you use the word endarkenment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Maben, so tell us about um, Wander Days, Maben, for you and what you're planning to do to celebrate or observe. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. I if you had asked me that question two years ago, I would have said that I and my community will celebrate what we call Harvest Home, where we come together and it's like American Thanksgiving for us. So we share the bounty of the harvest, whether you grew it or you got it at the store. We have a wonderful, grateful meal together and we're grateful for each other and for our absent friends and for, for all of that. It's a, just a celebration of gratitude 
I don't know what we're going to do this year. Mm-hmm. We, um, we probably won't get together. Yeah. I, um, yesterday I canceled the last of my engagements uh, yeah. out of town for the entire month of September. Mm-hmm. And now I've got my eye on October mm-hmm. because the two things I'm booked for in October are in Florida. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So, um, Wander Days. I did. I did this thing when I uh, I worked in a bookstore that was that was owned and run by uh, two Episcopalian men, and so it was like the Thinking Christians Christian Bookstore. It was always the latest, cutting edge thought of liberal religious people, mm-hmm. and. They and the Episcopalians, the Anglican Communion, and also the Catholic Church, and probably others, have these celebrations called Ember Days. And they are days where they rekindle their religious fervor and they do extra praying and they, you know, wear their hair shirts or whatever they do to (laughs) remind themselves that they are not worthy and blah, blah, blah. But I loved the idea of Ember Days that you had saved this little ember through the whole process. Mm. So ember days happen on the quarter days. And I wanted to tie, I wanted to steal ember days from the Anglican communion. And I wanted to repurpose it as a time where you take that ember and you blow on it and you light the fire that's gonna warm you or cook your food or be a signal or all those things that fire does. for the ensuing three months. So I repurposed all four of the Ember Days and this is one of them. And I also, they also have this cool thing called Rogation Day and I stole that too. Oh wait, (laughs) tell us about that. Yes, Rogation Day is based, and again, it is in traditional Christianity. It's a time when you contemplate your sin you look at your relationship to the divine you do Mm. and you know and you probably fast and you do extra praying and you know all that miserable stuff that makes life you know it focuses your life but makes it feel less than it should be just as we were talking about before so I looked up the history of Rogation Day And it's an ancient Roman holiday, pagan Roman holiday, where the people in the city went out into the country to beg those wild, feral gods not to destroy the wine crop. Mm. And they did. Mm-hmm. And and they, you know, they sacrificed a goat or a sheep or a cat, whatever it was they sacrificed, given the different towns. Which but, we do not recommend on Magic Monday podcast. Oh, no, no. Well, we think of... <laughs> Now we think of sacrifice mostly as symbolic, yeah, mm-hmm. which is the way the modern the modern Anglican communion does it. So they have symbolic sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can just imagine all a bunch of really fancy city people, and they have a procession, and some of the fanciest elders are in carts, and other people are walking, and they're like going out into this unknown wilderness place. But that place holds a crop that is so dear, important to them, not only, you know, because it tastes good and they love wine, but it's a it's a sacrament, even for the ancient Romans. It is uh, it's important to their economy. So there they go, hat in hand out to this place where all the farmers are. 
they've been keeping the vineyards and growing the pigs and all that stuff. And they come out hat in hand to say, please make sure we have wine this year. And I just loved the thought of that, the thought of now we are going to be humble before nature. Mm. Now we're going to say nature always bats last. And yeah. we are going to say that, that this piece for them, that piece of nature specifically, vineyards, was so important that they were willing to humble themselves and to meet with regular folks, peasant people, in order to make sure that crop came in. And so I repurposed that too in a kind of a, a yummy get back to the land and get into deep relationship with it. I repurposed the word relationship too, because I think it has come, it's come to be one of those words that has almost no meaning really anymore. And I, and I thought long and hard about it and tried different phrases, but the phrase I use in this book in Seasons of a Magical Life is acknowledged kinship to the natural world. Yeah. Whether we acknowledge it or not, we're part of it. Yeah. We are akin to it. So. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, I played around with a lot of things in this book. Uh, yeah. One of them, one of them that one of the reviewers really liked recently was, I I proposed that we start the day at sundown, which a lot of I mean the Jewish culture does that. A lot of cultures do that. But if you start at sundown, that means you start your day with a meal, with cleaning yourself, brushing your teeth, washing your face, whatever, and then you go to bed and rest. So you mm. start the day with rest. Mm. With recharging. <laughs> yeah, and then you wake up and then you do some work for a while and then you go back to, and then and then uh, my day is done <laughs> and now my day starts with me brushing and flossing my teeth, washing my face and going to bed. I feel and, like that's a real Pisces way of looking at it. All right, <laughs> yeah, first things first, yeah. sleep. As a Pisces rising, <laughs> I very much resonate with that. Um, we do have to wrap up, unfortunately, but is there some part of the book or is there anything that you feel we haven't gotten to? There's so much there. There's so much. never get to all of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I but, guess the only thing that I would add is that it, it makes it sound like it's a book for farmers and gardeners, and it certainly <laughs> is, but it also has, I, I was trying to be very careful that no matter where you live, what, no matter what your biosphere is, or if you're urban or rural or suburban, this is a book where you can really deepen your spirituality by by deeply connecting with the cycles of the season. Mm, yeah. That really goes along. We actually haven't gotten to the energy report yet in this podcast, but it goes along with this week just so much. This would be a great book to have. Is it out now? Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to say with the rogation thing is that while you were talking, I realized, I, I wonder if I've realized this before, but um, that I think my spiritual path is really, a lot of it is connected to growing up in a, um, in a, a place with a lot of farms, a lot of ranches, a lot of farms, mm -hmm. they grew grapes and almonds and corn and um, oh, yeah. lots and lots of stuff, food of all varieties <laughs> was grown where I grew up in the central Valley of California. And that I do think that connection, like it was a community where people would be like, Oh, I have extra apricots from my dad's yeah. farm. And here's so like, nice. I grew all these tomatoes and, you know, and so I really had an awareness of that interconnection. Like there would be mm. cows at my school, you know, yeah. <laughs> because people raised them. And so, um, 
So I do, I mean, being outside of that, I have noticed how like it's easier to fall into forgetting where yeah. your food is coming from and just kind of feeling entitled to it and not having yes. a deep kinship with it. Yeah. Um, that kinship, I think, is so sacred, not just with your food, but, you know, that the interconnection of all life. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't until I moved here and there are literally cows in my backyard and I love animals. I mean, listeners know how much I love animals, but having them literally in my backyard, I was like it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't eat them anymore. I know. And I appreciate what you said about broccoli. I really resonate with that too, but I don't know, just seeing them running around and playing and like yeah, dogs, I, I was like, I can't, I can't. It's connected that. to my vegetarianism too. Cause you know, like I had friends who would raise animals and then Oh yeah. And then have to get them killed and eat them. And I was like, this is real. This is not something I want to be a part of. That was just my experience with it. <laughs> but if you are going to, and we also live around a lot of hunters, like if you are going to eat meat, it's much better to do it that way than just like going to your grocery store and get right. It. And that's that unconsciousness. Yeah, yes. totally. Exactly. It gives you the awareness that that life gives up life in order to maintain life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what the cycle is. Yeah. Of yeah. living and dying and living again. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much, Byron. It's been such thank a pleasure you. having you. And um, can you tell people where they can find you? Uh yes. Uh you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at my website, which is myvillagewitch.com. And, you know, you can find me around town, Natasha, because I, you know, I'll be around. Yeah, I definitely, I actually, I've been to one Mother Grove meeting, but that was like right before the pandemic. So, oh, I thought you looked familiar. Yeah, I'm not sure if you were, you may have been there. I think, yeah, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, looking forward to these times lifting so I can. Yes, and blessings to both of you of safety and calm. And the ability to expand into your own endarkenment in order to find both rest and healing. Mm, Beautiful. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Take care. You too. Okay. We hope you like it. We don't know because we don't know yet. We recorded it already. Yeah. So. Now it's time for the energy report. Yeah, like for fall. Like kind of wistful for fall. Except that it's really freaking hot in most of the U.S. right now. Oh, right. It feels like fall already here almost. Does it? I looked at your um, weather out of curiosity. (laughs) I was like, how? It did look like you had a fall day, but then it was still warm is it not well warm? did you look at boulder or did you know i at... looked where you are oh okay um well it can get warm i mean but it, don't you feel like falls like that like it can be like yes. 70 80 during the day but it just you just see the light and then it gets chilly at mm. night and the way the breeze is like it feels like fall here already oh it, it gets Since chilly last at night week. that's the difference well it always gets chilly at night here uh all even in the summer mm-hmm. hmm. um it's very hot here I think it's cooling off maybe a little, but 
And I, boy, you know, I just realized we have not been saying anything about all this stuff going on in the world, like in Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. So terrible. Oh, my gosh. I know. So sad. So sad. There's, and, you know, the floods and people losing their home. Here where I live, um, there was a lot of flooding in the Um. general area and a lot of people like especially homeless people lost their shelters it's really really sad um that's not what the energy report is about but it came to my mind so i wanted to mention it yeah Um, i mean so those of us who are sensitive are feeling that too like a lot of feelings yes that's something i did want to say is that i think it almost feels like I hate to say this, but energetically, it feels a little bit like when the pandemic started in the sense of picking up on a lot of people's feelings and emotions right now. Yeah. Because it kind of is like the pandemic is picking up again mm-hmm. for a lot of people. I mean, it's surging again. Yeah. And the energy of that is being felt in the by the collective. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling any of that um you know that's why i would think and to not you know know you're not alone it's it's hard yeah if you're just feeling like any kind of feelings really breathe into them allow them yeah and i would really suggest to um energetically since we're in the energy report it can be super important to be focused on your energetic hygiene. So what I suggest is breathing in lots of light. I love the image of imagining a big sun above your head, imagining all your energy coming back into that sun, and then the sun opening up and just breathing in all that light from the sun, breathing in your light, your highest gold gold light through your whole body, just releasing anything that isn't yours and then saying hello to your grounding cord which is um your energy cord that attaches your spirit to your body and allowing anything else to go down that cord and plugging it into the earth in present time so i didn't mean for that to be part of the energy report but i think it's really helpful yeah um also something that just occurred to me because the sun Something that just occurred to me because the sun actually came out as I was talking. And I think if you can physically be in the sun um, and imagine, just like when we put our crystals in the sun sometimes, um, like imagine that light cleansing your energy, like releasing anything you don't want, releasing anything that isn't yours from your space and just feeling that go through your body and having that intention feels really important right now and also the other part of that is it's funny I said that to you about I would like for you to then somehow feel good about your birthday I think that the next part is maybe even imagining bringing in like feeling really good that is something you can do and as I was feeling into the energy this week what I was um it does feel more flowy, like it feels more that there's more, um, there's, there is more flow, but it also feels like what's needed is this anchoring into the body, which I think is also why the sun, by the way, which went away right before, <laughs> since I gave that um, recommendation, is to 
connect, the more that we can connect into the body, the more we're in present time. So that can look like even if you're an airy person like myself, it can just tune into what is your body wanting right now. For me, I haven't been exercising and all of a sudden I, re- I started exercising again. And I really needed that. Um, so that is um, something that you can do this week is just be aware and that will help you if there is any resistance coming up or if there is kind of like funkiness happening. Um, just get, if you can, again, feel into the sun, feel into the, do some kind of grounding if you can outside, like walking barefoot, really connecting to the present and what your body is needing right now. It really feels, the more I'm talking about this, the more necessary it feels. Yeah. So that's what I'm feeling for the energy report. Okay, so now it's time for practical magic. So um, September 1st is Wednesday. And even though it's not technically fall, it is sort of like fall, right? Because (laughs) (laughs) fall is my favorite, favorite. Me too. It's so great. And so it's called meteorological fall, which is like, just basically what people think of when they think of fall, which is September, October, oh. November. Okay. So to me, I always am like, September, it's fall. I love it. Yeah. So I was thinking that um, for this Wednesday or this week, that bringing in a pot of chrysanthemums. I mean, this also oh. is earthy, grounding, yes. Virgo-like. Yes. But chrysanthemums are, they mean gold. Um, Chris means gold. It's like the word means gold flower. And what is so neat about chrysanthemums is they begin to bloom when they can sense the light beginning to wane. That's why they're a fall flower. So they're really aligned with this time because this is like that energy of, okay, the light is beginning to wane. And now I feel that that shift where there's I feel like fall has an energy boost but it's different than summer it's it's like here we go into the dark half it's shining light into the shadows that's what's so beautiful about fall is I think it has that same energy of when I go to the funeral chapel that my family owns that energy of being right there on that in that borderland between Mm -hmm. Life and death. That's that part of the wheel of the year. So bring in a pot of chrysanthemums. They are often for sale at Trader Joe's or at um, supermarkets this time of year. You could put it outside if it'll survive the uh, weather. Or you can bring it inside. And tune in to the energy of the flower and see if you can align. I love meditating with flowers. Just like giving the flower some time to start shifting your energy to start kind of like moving into your energetic field and teaching you some stuff some vibrational wisdom and so you can attune with chrysanthemum to help you attune with the energy of fall and Mm -hmm. also to come into your body and I also love that idea of standing in sunlight you could even think of it as like charging your energy for the fall, like yeah. setting that intention to align with 
being ready to shine light into the shadows like it is a time I think part of the fall there's like a wistful whimsical sort of nostalgic feeling and there's also I think the potential to open your heart to all your feelings open your heart to pain open your heart to grief open your heart to just like the quality of the the transient quality of life that everything you love is like everything's shifting and that's that nostalgic feeling of the end of the summer we're moving toward winter it's just so like just I feel like it reminds you to enjoy everything the simplicity of the moment coming into the moment so it's all I think this is kind of the theme is coming into the the moment coming into your body and um harmonizing with the sun and with light even as we begin to move toward the darkness yeah it's funny because I also feel I can't believe I'm the one recommending it this week but clearing clutter right now like (laughs) is really part of it too connecting to the earth to the earth of your space if that makes sense and doesn't sound too hippie um just I mean, how come I sound too hippie? That's just what I am. <laughs> I but, think we're failing at not yeah. sounding too hippie. <laughs> um, but really, like, yeah, connecting to grounding into your space by clearing out. It just feels really good right now. Like, it's mm-hmm. so supported to do that. Yeah, Evergo season. I really, I I don't know if you guys know this, but I <laughs> always have to hold myself back from recommending clearing clutter every day. <laughs> I love it so much, but I have been really feeling it. Like Ted cleared a bunch of clutter, which is not something that he, he did. Mm. It's like he just kind of holds on to stuff way mm-hmm. more than I do, but mm-hmm. not not so much stuff that it's like he's a, in any way a hoarder. So I yeah. don't and I'm like, okay, you want to save like a pillow, like throw pillows we'll never use again. Okay. Mm. Um, I just like let him do that. And <laughs> what are you going to do anyway? You can't yeah. really control people with their clutter. But yeah. he decided on his own to clear a bunch of stuff out of his closet. Oh. And so then that made a lot more space for me yeah. to kind of spread out a little bit. And then I cleared more stuff. So it's, oh. it's amazing how it creates more space, more time. Yeah, like it, that always surprises me when there's yeah. a substantial clutter clearing. How it's like suddenly I can do so many more things in a day. Yeah, when there's less clutter in my space, it's 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 <sighs> transcends just like not having to look for things. It's something. Yeah, somehow it affects time somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know how. Yeah, I have a lot of books. That's my main thing I need to look into about. I love having books. You know, my mom was a rare bookseller and we always had books and books are important to me and Brett loves books too. So I don't like to get rid of books. If I mean, unless I'm like, okay, I'm really never going to read this. I mean, I probably am not going to read. It's actually funny because during the pandemic, when the pandemic started, my dad, he couldn't go to the library anymore. He's a voracious reader. And he's like, well, I realize that I have my own library. (laughs) So he could read from his own all the books he has. So it was good that he kept them because he had like all that entertainment for like a year. He's still the library open, but I think it may be closing again. And he has all the books that he can read, so he's not missing it. So I do think sometimes when you don't want to clear something that you love, like you're like, no, I really love this. There's a reason, you know. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You're like, it's not right, but 
Oh, no, I know. I really don't think that. I love clearing things so much that it yeah. just like it t- transcends often, most of the time, like any yeah. sort of sentimental <laughs> like yeah. value. Yeah. But um, but I know like with so many things, it really it's not a paint by numbers. It's like you have yeah. to tune in individually. I can't exactly. tell you what to get rid of. Only you know that. Yeah. Yeah. I have regretted some things, but not m- not many that I've given away. Yeah, me too. But it's worth it to me. My joy yeah. of letting go of things yeah, transcends the very few regrets I've had. Yeah. Have I told you that I had an ex who called me a deletist on the... Yes, um, you did. <laughs> when we had TiVo, because I love deleting things off of there. Okay, well, before we pick our cards, why don't you tell us where we can find you? Okay, you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com, which is where there are lots of free guided meditations and rituals and inspiration and spells. And you can also find me on Instagram at Tess4444, on Twitter at Tess Whitehurst, on Facebook at Tess Whitehurst Author, and on YouTube at Tess Whitehurst. And you can find our show at magicmondaypodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram at magicmondaypodcast, on Facebook at magicmondaypod. And we also have a listeners group that you can ask to join that is called Magic Monday Podcast Listeners. It's true. And you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. You can schedule a session with me or take one of my classes. And you can find me on Instagram at highestlighthealing. And also on Facebook, although I'm not really, I just repost on there. Um, But on my Instagram, I do, I usually am pretty active, although I've, I'm in an, when you say, when there's an ebb and flow, and I realize that I should know this, the ebb is when you're not, when you're going back, right? I assume, like, the tide is ebbing, right, means it's yeah. like, it's not, it's, it's, it's retreating. It's retreating. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel I felt a real ebb in probably because I was sending out a lot of emails before. And so I haven't been posting, but I'm feeling it coming back. Um, what? What the is The flow of posting on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long conversation about it. Really? Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so my card is from, where are you picking from, from Cosmic Dancer Oracle, which I co-wrote. And it's interesting because it's part of the, of practical magic that I was going to say, but I didn't say, which was that it's the dark moon this weekend. So resting, going within, um, to sort of like letting go and harmonizing, which I feel like is also aligned with fall, like just kind of like recharging mm, your energy. Yeah. So um, that's really, I don't really need to read this, but it's about that if you take some time off this weekend to rest, to take care of yourself, to go within, then it will benefit you for the that rest of That sounds exactly like what we were talking about. Yeah. Okay, so I'm picking from the Wisdom of Avalon Oracle Cards by Colette Baron-Reed. Do you know this one? Yeah, I have it. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay, I picked Perception. 
So let's see what it says. This marker requires you to contemplate how you look at the world. Through what eyes do you see? Do you, pe do you peer through those of prejudice or judgment? Are you viewing your present circumstances by projecting your past? This is a time to slow down to observe from all angles. This calls for objectivity and a willingness to examine your life and others through a neutral pair of eyes. Within you, awareness is trans transcending your ego-separated sense of self. Rise above it, see through your soul, and know that things aren't what they appear to be. This marker brings clarity and asks you to look and wait. Perhaps all you need to do is relax and put on another pair of glasses, and then what is in front of you might be magically transformed. Hmm. It's interesting because it's kind of like what I was saying about you know, there's no such thing as separation and emotions are how we're perceiving them. Totally. Yeah. That's interesting. I was thinking that same thing. Yeah. Um, and it also really feels like this slowing down thing and observing is something, part of why I suggested getting into the body, like that mm -hmm. that's necessary this week for whatever's coming up. Just like take a step and slow down and be in that witness place instead of the reactive place. Yeah. And, you know, I do want to mention, too, that this to me that it's so important to have maybe at least 10. I mean, for me, at least 10 minutes a day of mindful breathing mm -hmm. as part of my meditation where I just set a timer and then I'm just like, OK, now I'm breathing in, now I'm breathing out. And that also has to do with being in my body, listening to the sounds in my environment, like just fully coming into the present and then my mind wanders but I bring it back like having a, it sounds very boring and very simple but having mm. something like that that you do every day that's to me that's what creates the space around everything that allows yes. me to take a step back and not identify and it so. reminds me of what you said about making more time because it reminds me of that Deepak Chopra quote about right. if you think you need if you don't have time for five minutes to meditate then meditate for an hour yeah all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Okay, I'm back home where I belong in my domain. <laughs>